Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Today's show was made possible by a lot of people. Our amazing producer, Maria Wortel, both of our mothers, our interns, and as always, Solange Knowles. But you know who else we would be proud to partner up with as a sponsor of an episode? You. If you own a business and you'd like to work with us, or you work for a brand that you think could be a good fit, contact us at fyi at shoesoffatpod.com. Literally, like, sometimes we'll both stand up and our joints are just like, click, clack, click, clack, click, clack, click, clack, click, 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 Sophie. I'm April, and this is She's All Fat, the podcast for body positivity, radical self-love, and chill vibes only. This week, we'll discuss Instagram stan accounts, the beginning of the Christmas season, and joyful movement. April, what are you obsessed with this week? Okay, so few things. Okay. <laughs> Number one, Normani, who is the next queen of pop, as you all know, if you don't know, you're not paying attention. Wake up. I know this because Wake of up. how many black women I follow have like <laughs> protect Normani as At like their <laughs> as their display name. Our next queen, Normani, like yeah. literally Normani, please drink your water, please stretch. We need you. Um, she had two singles come out last week with Calvin Harris, who is Somebody who is problematic for dating Taylor Swift and his overall persona, but low-key, incredibly talented. <laughs> All his music, really good. Calvin Harris and Normani have these two singles out. They're really good. I'm going to link to a little clip of her performing at this, like, title concert that happened, which Can I'm I like, click it? please click. <laughs> My queen. Uh, okay. <laughs> What's what are your thoughts, ma'am? I see a lot of people post clips of her dancing, and I don't think her dancing is that good. Why? Like that one, it just I could see her doing the counting in her head. I can't believe you. I'm sorry, but I just okay. like I saw this one clip of her doing the splits and it looked really painful. She made a pain <laughs> face. Okay, I haven't seen that. I just think she looks like a little I think she needs a little more time to bake and like For sure. so that she's not part of her what was her band? Was she in Fifth Harmony? Okay. No, the thing about Normani is that's definitely the case. It's like we see her as Bills, 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 Beyonce. She's got the potential. She's got the potential. For sure, I see the potential, but I have seen these videos and been like, I can't she's not ready she yet. She looks like she's a pain. No, she's definitely not ready, not ready yet, but she's on She's on her way, and I see her, and I'm like, if she can not just keep what, her eye on the clear, prize. I couldn't do what she's oh, doing, no, for I sure. Yeah. I would never attempt. If she just keeps her eyes on the prize and nobody comes at her with any bullshit, and she just like binds her business and does her work, I see... Beachella for her in 20 years. I hope so. <laughs> I see it. Um, so I love those two singles. The one 
that that clip is from is called Checklist. It's also really incredible because it features WizKid, who's like, I've talked about him before. He's a Nigerian artist. Oh. He's like everywhere. And he's successfully crossed over to the United States. That's so. awesome. Go whiz, kid. Um, I mean, I'm Normani's to be clear, I'm very pro Normani. <laughs> I'm just like, <laughs> I've seen people be like the new Beyonce, and I'm like, I don't. No, not yet. Okay. Not the, okay. The, the the 2030 Beyonce. Okay. We're, what we're doing right now is investing in our. I'm youth. on board. It. I'm on board with that for sure. <laughs> we're investing in our youth. Right. To be I don't clear, know enough about the music, the music <laughs> to, to understand this. So anyway, Normani's the future. Dang. Okay. Keep an eye on Normani, everyone. I'm into it. Next obsession. So I think I mentioned in another episode. I'm watching you on Lifetime, yes. which is ridiculous. Um, but I'm very into it. I have like one episode left. So Shay Mitchell is on it of Pretty Little Liar fame. Mm-hmm. If you wasted years of your life and on that show. YouTube channel, Shaycation. Shaycation. Now she considers herself a real life YouTuber, which LOL. So she plays a really interesting character on the show. And of course, this will be spoiler free, of course. Her character's name is Peach. And she is like the girl who is being stalked that Peach is her best friend. And so I just think the performance she's giving is really interesting because it's like, it's almost obnoxious. But I think because of the nature of the show, it fits in a weird way. Because it's such a lifetime show? Yeah, like, I think if you cut her out and put her in any other show, you'd be like, this is a bad actress. This is bad. But it just works really interestingly in this universe for some reason, and she and Penn Badgley have this really weird chemistry where he seems to, like, hate her, but also is really intrigued by her. Uh, Peach is really sick. This is probably more than you need to know, but I have a rare chronic bladder disease called interstitial cystitis. Oh, gosh. I mean... You know, some people think I'm being uppity, but I can't have any fast food. And if I drink, it has to be a high pH, you know, like kettle one or goose and pear juice. Um, weren't you doing Jaeger shots at your party? Oh, wow. I just think that's so fucking weird, but also interesting. It seems like she's doing soap opera acting on purpose. Exactly. But like, and the, the other actors on the show are not doing that. They're like really acting. Like everyone here is really acting. That and she's like so doing funny. days of our lives acting. But like in the context, it's it works. I don't know. I think you is actually good. I want to watch it. It's bizarre. I think you'll like it. It's weird. So yeah, I, I'm enjoying Shay Mitchell's performance. Let me know if you are list- you're watching you on Lifetime and what you think. And if you love Gossip Girl as much as I did. Okay, final obsession this week. Several successful crafts under my belt. (laughs) Feeling good about it. Um, I saved to my Instagram, uh, like, highlights. Yeah, on my page. I made this, like, wall art thing that I'm trying to find the original person who made it. But I just saw this art at the mall and I was like, I'm going to make that art. And then I just fucking made the art. It (laughs) It felt really good. good. Thank you. Um, I had fun making it. I I hadn't made a craft in a while and I've been trying to figure out what I was going to put in my room. It was just really fulfilling. So that was a successful craft of mine. The other one was Sophie's birthday gift invited. It's so good. It, it, it included some light crafting. Oh, my God. I'm so happy you like it. I loved making it. It's so perfect and personal and really thoughtful, and I oh really, gosh. really, really love it. You're so welcome. I love a craft, so I honestly want to know, like, what are the good DIYs y'all are in getting into? What's a good tutorial you've seen? But this was the first time that I've done a craft where I didn't have a tutorial. I just looked at it, and I was like... I have a tutorial in my head. Uh-huh. That was successful. But yeah, I, I love that. Gotta do stuff with my hands and distract my brain from the chaos. Because we're all going to die. That's why um, I do um, cross-stitching and embroidery and stuff. 
what I posted, a lot of people who listen to this podcast had said, like, yeah, I do similar things. Just sort of, like, the repetitive stuff. Mm-hmm. It's nice. I don't do enough of that, but I really liked it. It feels good. feels good. Yeah. feels good for you to just churn my brain off. I didn't use a single brain cell when I made that. Mm-hmm. Not one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it felt good. So those are my obsessions this week. What are you obsessed with? Okay. Number one, I got this new Bobbi Brown lipstick that I really like. That's it. Okay. So describe your lipstick on this visual medium. Okay. <laughs> or not visual medium. So there's this Bobbi Brown... Um, lipstick. It's called Crushed Lip Color. Um, and it's nice because it's this like, the shade is ruby. Mm-hmm. And it looks like it's going to be like way darker. It looks like it's going to be like a brownish reddish. But Ooh. this is what it looks like on. It's just like flushed natural. Yes. It's, it's like very the Glossier pretty. colors, but slightly more pigment. It's very pretty and it like stays on really nicely. Sometimes lipstick feels like it's just waxy sitting on your lips. Yes. You know? Mm-hmm. And this is, like, comfortable and nice and, like, I can reapply it. Like, if it gets bitten off, it looks nice, too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm just really into it. And I also got this um, Bite French Press Lip Gloss in the shade Dirty Chai after our friend Nina got it as well. And it's just, like, a really pretty gloss. It is pretty. Ooh, fall. Mm-hmm. Fall makeup just the like, best. Yeah, like, kind of uh, light bricky colors. Bricky pink Right? Pink. Dark rose. Dark rose. Dark rose is like my favorite makeup very, colors. Very pretty. Thank you. Um, also, yeah, I wrote down friendship. Just <laughs> Do you know that that's your obsession every week? I know. <laughs> if just you kidding. look at our outlines, it says friendship every week. I'm just grateful for my friend. Uh, I'm just grateful because this week I had like a panic attack and, and like immediately I like FaceTimed you and then Nina and Lindsay came over that night. I just was like very grateful that... Everyone is here for me. Like, I hope that I'm there for you all just as much. I'm just very appreciative. It, like, makes a huge difference when people, you feel like people are actually there. It's like, I'm appreciative of that. Um, I also just wanted to say I'm obsessed that now it is Christmas season. Don't at me. (laughs) I don't like Thanksgiving. I know a lot of people love Thanksgiving, but I don't like turkey that much. I just don't think it needs to be treated with the same seriousness of Christmas. Thanksgiving's just an afternoon, but it's time for Christmas. Yeah, it's time for Christmas. I would agree. Maria, blast that song. Not for Christmas. This is where you play All I Want for Christmas is You. Which is already on the charts. It's November 1st when we're recording this episode, yeah. and it's already Christmas time. It needs to be. So, like, shout out to my other never thanksers. <laughs> I'm so sorry. That's not a real phrase, is it? <laughs> no. Okay, I was just worried. Just made it up, like, based off of never Trumpers. <laughs> I was worried there was a subreddit um, I don't know about. So we're just going to go ahead and skip that and go straight to Christmas. Exactly. like thanksgiving fine like victor loves thanksgiving he like loves cooking so he like it's like perfect for him um and he likes finding new ways to make the turkey we have like an oilless fryer that his dad gave him i think and it's like really nice and okay. he likes doing that but i just like don't care about it that much and i think a lot of people who had divorced parents like don't like thanksgiving because it was always there i think i said this last year too mm-hmm. it's like your parent who got thanksgiving was always like mad that they didn't get christmas of course <laughs> and so christmas is superior like, in every way yeah so it was just like a memory of just like okay like they're clearly <laughs> unhappy and then finally this like weird i don't know if i recommend following this account i just think it's funny i, I honestly follow- do recommend <laughs> <laughs> even though the gods are crazy even though the stars are blind 
This account is called Paris 2000s. It's run by someone who is obsessed with Paris Hilton. As we all should be. And it's just like photos of Paris from the 2000s, um, her most iconic era. And then the captions are these really wild, just like obsessive standing, (laughs) like threatening anyone who doesn't stand for her. The bio is your emoji hashtag emoji one and only source of the OG marvelous wild days dot dot dot. And remember, if you're not having fun, then just leave. Oh my god! Okay, please give us a sample of some of these captions because okay. I was quaking Here when is, you showed me this. this. This one is very funny. There's a lot of posts that are like really aggressive towards Lindsay Lohan because okay. you know they're enemies. They had um, there's also a lot of posts like claiming that Kim Kardashian's fame is entirely due to Paris Hilton. Yes, because if you will remember that Kim originally was like known for, in addition to her family, which like made splashes like all on its own. You know, Chris has always been out there hustling. Yes, and also OJ Simpson. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Um, (laughs) Chloe's dad, O.J. Simpson. Yes. Um, But Kim was like one of Paris's paid friends and closet organizer. So this like caption is Paris signing a picture with Kim next to her. And it says, Kim Kardashian was first known to the world as closet organizer. But deep down, she was just a person who was trying hard to claim other people's stardust. (laughs) She didn't have good intentions, clearly. Semicolon. Her her true actions weren't help Paris organize her closet, but rather through the strategic leeching slash profiting off of other people's successes to make herself notorious. (laughs) The complete Kardashian slash Jenner family and their empire owe eternal life to Paris. Eternal. (laughs) It's mastermind creator. They need to tag Paris in every photo because she created them. Like, what is this? (laughs) This is so bizarre. I, I just enjoy following image kind of accounts like that you know it's fun it's fun it also gives me tumblr vibes i miss tumblr so let's move on to our apple podcast review shout outs thank y'all so much for leaving us a review on apple podcast please rate and review us or don't i don't really care but the people who do people who do we do appreciate you and we do notice you and see you and like you more than our other listeners so um, here's some usernames of people who left us a nice review I say that every time as if somebody's left us a mean review but I don't think anyone has we have a couple like lukewarm wow (laughs) like two we shouldn't read their name no I'm just kidding (laughs) we'll still read your name we don't care okay um, thank you so much to Jesse from Denver, Nom Nom Nom, J-O Fry, J Dizzle 0880, Elizabeth with an S, Lucy Dorfin, and Cinnamon29. Thank y'all so much for leaving those reviews. We need the external validation. Thank you so much for those validates. <laughs> Hashtag validates. Hashtag validashes. That's what we call them. Validashes. Um, and now we are going to do our Patreon shout outs. These are people who have supported us at patreon.com slash she's all fat pod. You keep the lights on. You keep us having fun over here and also getting into the discourse. You're our most like successful and steady source of income. So Absolutely. please continue supporting us. We love y'all so much. And here are some of your names. Oh my God. Hannah Martinek. Courtney Brown, Emily Chandler, Nicole Levesque, Meredith Thompson, Genevieve Gamboa, yeah. and Alicia Blum Ross. Does Yay. that seem right? Yeah, Thank y'all so. so much for supporting us. We appreciate you. We love you. If you haven't joined, it's time to join. You've been thinking about it for months. You're like, do they really need me? Will they really notice me? We'll notice you. We'll appreciate you. And you'll keep us going. Yeah. Thank you so much. And now we have a correction. 
And it's for your girl April. They um, want us to get right. They want us to get right. Hashtag get right. Starring Queen Latifah <laughs> in common. And so I appreciate that. So I'm going to read a little bit from a letter we got from Hannah this morning. I just wanted to comment on something you said in your latest pod. You said that elite starred white Latinx people. That's not true. They're white people. Spanish people are white Europeans. They have not been oppressed or colonized in the way the peoples of Latin America have. White Europeans should not be identifying as Latinx and thus gaining access to scholarships and privileges meant for people of Latin America who have faced many struggles related to colonialism and its effects. Thank you so much for this, Hannah, for pointing this out to me. You're so right. Very um, right. Since, and I'm only on episode two, by the way, so I don't know who else comes up, but the characters I've seen before this far that I'm in the episode are definitely, like, white Europeans. They're just Spaniards. That one, the one character is from Mexico, but I don't know if the actress is. Wait, which one? The one that's, like, basically Blair Waldorf. Oh, the one who was having the steamy sex? Yes. <laughs> okay. She's, like, I mean, that's all of them by the end. Oh, but- really? <laughs> I didn't know where we're going. Yeah, she her character is like I think her dad is like a embassy from Mexico, but I also oh, don't. Okay. That could mean that they're like a Spanish family that moved there or something. Yeah. Something. I, I don't. Know. I don't know all that, but yeah, I do know that I have read a little bit about like the many conversations going on about separating the distinctions about who is Latino, who is Latinx, who is Hispanic, and sort of like those terms have been hotly contested over the years. But I do appreciate this distinction because this is helpful to know, and also thinking about Latin America versus Europe is an easy way to sort of separate the terms yeah. in my mind. And I actually haven't had Makes it explained sense. to me. Before. For that. Yeah, I could definitely be more educated, especially about Latinx and Hispanic people's experiences. So thank you. And I will be posting a couple articles that I had read last year about the conversations around the terms Hispanic and Latinx. Um, and let me know your thoughts. Thank you for educating us. You're the best. Okay. So we have a couple tip jars. First up is a little voice memo from a listener who wants to educate us a little bit more about some issues and info around non-binary stuff, which we are always looking for because we don't know anything. Play that clip. <laughs> Hi, April and Sophie. I am a straight-sized genderqueer Hannah, and I really enjoyed the episode about the intersection of being fat and non-binary. I wanted to add, for the benefit of your cisgender listeners who might not be familiar with discourse within the trans community, that there is a problematic pattern of centering thin, white, young, able-bodied, masculine people as being the only or ideal way to be non-binary or androgynous. Trans and non-binary people actually have higher rates of disordered eating behaviors than cisgender women, and I've heard from a lot of non-binary people that they feel the need to be extremely thin to pass or be seen as androgynous. I think both cis and trans people can help to disrupt this harmful idea by redefining what kind of bodies we see as being androgynous and centering more diverse non-binary people, bodies, and experiences both in virtual and physical spaces. Thanks again for the great work that you do. Love, Hannah. Uh, someone wrote in and said, you may have already heard of this book, says this listener, but She Would Be King by Way Too More was just published this month. It's a novel about the formation of Liberia that is on my to-read list. And I looked at it and it looks like really good. So I'm excited to read this now as well. Thank you for more ideas about like novels about Liberia. Pretty pumped. Pretty pumped. It's been in my Amazon cart for a while and ready to bite the bullet. Really? Yeah. Also, I follow her on Instagram. She's cool. 
She's cool. Awesome. Thank you for this tip jar. Thank you. Um, next, we're going to do a call for submissions. Just another reminder, we mentioned this in the episode last week, but our episode coming up about problematic body positive opinions, we would love to have some voice memo submissions for that episode. So this is for people who have strong feelings about weight loss surgery, body modifications, anything along those lines. We just want to have a thoughtful space to think about those types of subjects it's not a gotcha episode like we mentioned last week and it's It's, not going to be one where we're saying this is the right way or anything we We just want to talk about these things that are like uncomfortable to talk about in a lot of body positive spaces or non-body positive spaces we just want to think about it so if you have thoughts please send us your voice okay moving on to a mention of our facebook patreon group you know the drill go to patreon.com slash she's all fat pod and join um, our patreon at level team paisley mumu or above to be in our facebook group it's lit in there yikes can i say that <laughs> you did um this week people are talking about planning a baltimore meetup talking about their new body positive tattoos and also talking about sustainable menstrual products giving good recs very exciting if you want some of those good good resources and just the beautiful souls in the group it's it's well hella lit in there hella lit in there oh my goodness (laughs) and it's time to join and also if you are a patron above level team i love bread that's people who give 15 dollars or more per month you will get an extra segment every single week and it's been so much fun we call it our blast from the past segment for this season yeah we're telling stories from the past and you all get to tell us what to talk about so you know you get to order us around if you join that level (laughs) it's very juicy over there so go ahead and join and with that we should really get to the meat of it don't you think let's do it This week on The Meat of It, we are doing a sequel to our episode in season two about exercise, exercise part two. And so this season, we want to continue those conversations. And we also chatted to some exercise professionals. Um, So before we jump in, let's give an update to what we talked about in the last episode, which is just our history of exercise up until that point. Yeah. Um, So where are we now? Last season, I was still like getting into stuff, I think. This season, I am, I've talked about this on my story a little bit. My body has been telling me recently that it like wants me to exercise more. I've been feeling like the need to move more. So I signed up for one-on-one Pilates training, a couple sessions at my gym, and I've been swimming a bunch more, and I've been trying to do yoga, although it's like very hard and I'm not good at it. And I walk Zora twice a day, and in general, I'm just like feeling good about trying to incorporate more movement and exercise into my life. It's like really, really nice to be in a place now where I feel like I'm doing all these things because I want to and like feeling good about them. And I don't push myself too far. I just do what feels good to do. And then I leave and I feel like, oh my God, I feel so worked out. And like my muscles feel tired in a good way. And I like need to eat protein now. I've never felt like really motivated to incorporate more exercise um, for any reason other than like, I need to, I have to. Mm-hmm. And now I'm like, oh, I want to which is cool. That is a milestone. And yeah. I think something we talked about in our interview with Bevan, which we'll get to in a little bit, I think a lot of people have gone through that experience of like so associating exercising with punishing for years. I know for me, like that was my whole youth. Um, I definitely am still kind of in a space where I associate it with all of that negative shit. 
But my update since then is that I've just been going through some like health stuff that basically has left me really fatigued. And so at previous times in my life, I've always been like, well, you're supposed to be working out. So I would kind of just like still be extremely active, even though I never wanted to or be not active at all and sort of ignore my body when it wanted to actually move. But now I'm in a place where it's like I'm tired and I just rest like, I think that that's an important part, too, of, of learning to move your body is I'm in a place where my body explicitly is like, please lay down and yeah. don't move. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like actually doing it. Um, and it, that has definitely just been helping me as far as coping because it's it's hard. Similar to intuitive eating, it's hard to get used to listening to your body because I ignored her for so many years. Yeah. She was like, I don't want to run two miles. And I was like, bitch, shut the fuck up. I know. Because <laughs> prom is next week. So <laughs> now I'm getting to a place where I listen to her. And another part of self-care that we've talked about a little bit is just listening to your body. And so that's where I'm right now. Yeah. My body wants to lay down. I don't have any specific goals with my working out, which is also new. Mm -hmm. I just want to move. I have never, ever felt motivated in that way before. I think part of it is that we're getting older now, and so I really feel creaky if I don't move. Literally, like, sometimes we'll both stand up and our joints are just like, click, clack, click, clack, click, clack, click, clack, click, 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 what the hell? We're in our 20s. I know. I don't understand. But it's very real. It's very real. And so I have never before felt the connection between exercising and feeling better as I do right now. So speaking of fun exercise environments, we are going to play an interview we did earlier today with Bevan. She is the creator of Fat Kid Dance Party, which we actually mentioned in our last episode about exercise. And she has a lot to say about finding ways to move your body joyfully. Take it away, other us in the past. (laughs) (laughs) Take it away, April and Sophie. My name is Bevan. I am a warrior for self-love, and I do a lot of things to that end, primarily Fat Kid Dance Party Aerobics, which is the aerobics that I created to connect to people who are just outside of the margins of what mainstream fitness and movement uh, focuses on. And I'm pretty much queer fat femme on most things with a little side dish of Fat Kid Dance Party here and there. Very cool. And where do you host your Fat Kid Dance Parties? I host my Fat Kid Dance Parties in the heart of everywhere that wants them. But right now I've started in Los Angeles where I live. In addition to um, just releasing my workout videos. So anybody anywhere who has an internet connection can work out with me. Every Buddy who purchases a video, I'm giving one away to kids in need. So it's really cool. like buy one for yourself and buy one for somebody else. And where are those videos on your website? You can find them or on YouTube or where do you do paywall videos? Um, it's fatkiddanceparty.com is kind of the entry point, which will lead you to where they're hosted, which is uh, uh, on Vimeo. Cool. Um, we were wondering if you would speak a little bit about your point of view on exercise, how it fits into body positivity as a larger movement, and and also how it works for you as a personal practice. Great. I um, hate the word exercise. Uh, I think language is so powerful, 
What I prefer to use is movement, um, and that's just simply because I like to talk about bodies in motion because that, to me, is the healing element of it. I use movement as a healing practice um, as a person who's experienced a lot of trauma in my life, both through, like, you know, abuse, but also I believe oppression leaves a trauma imprint and our bodies uh, react to living in an oppressive society. Um, And I believe body oppression is an intersectional force. So it's not just body size, but it's also race, class, gender, perceived gender, sexuality, age, disability, neurodiversity, and all of those things kind of intersect on the body and give us um, this experience of being marginalized in all these ways. And movement helps me heal from that. So I like dancing. Dancing has always been really present for me in my life, whether I had to do it or I felt I had to do it behind closed doors because I didn't want someone to see me jiggle, or if it's because I've been using it intentionally as a practice to help me feel more joy. I experience uh, chronic depression, and um, it's been worse in other times of my life, but if I keep up a movement practice, it really does help reduce my experience of depression. Movement practice is so spoiled in our culture by people who want it to be about weight negativity and weight loss. It's it's like this idea that there's no different way to be a human. If you're a human and you're moving, therefore you want to lose weight or maintain weight, when in fact there are so many valid reasons to move. Uh, Mental health, as I talked about, emotional health, spiritual well-being, like physically moving your body actually helps to move things around spiritually, if you believe in that stuff, um, and open you up to um, new things coming through. Cool. So what, what kind of exercise and movement specifically feels good to you? I hate to start with the negative, but I heard this terrible personal trainer video talking about, um, there's so much fat phobia to wade through as a group exercise instructor. Um, this person was talking about how if you don't go to the gym and leave feeling like death, you didn't do it right. And my personal philosophy is the opposite. If you do 10 minutes in a gym or 10 minutes on a treadmill, 10 minutes of walking, that is suicide prevention and you've done the work. I really love exercise. Anytime I move my body, even if it's for five minutes, it makes a difference to me. I really love dance movement, but also I love to have fun. So that's why, like, in every class, I'm doing a lot of different things. I do some, like, classic dance aerobic stuff, like grapevines and um, arm swinging. But I also do some Qigong practice, uh, which is a lot about just, like, Uh, moving our bodies and stretching in specific ways that opens us up uh, more fluidly. Uh, I like to teach a short dance routine. And what I love too is to come back to that dance routine later because I always feel a little cheated when I learn a routine in a class and I never get to do it again. So I like that like bonus. We cool down using the same thing we already learned. I love line dancing. That's just something I love to do in the world. But I often, even as a body confident babe who like does not really care a lot about what other people think, I get nervous about line dancing in public. So I like to do it in a safer space, like my faculty dance party classes. So we do a line dance every time. And I always like to do a real line dance that you would find out in the club because I want people to be prepared for every wedding scenario that can possibly be there. For me, I grew up with a lot of exercise as punishment and doing things like um, reclaiming it as a grown-up just bit by bit. Like, I don't need to do all the things at once. I identify as a late-in-life jock. 
So I took up a <laughs> yoga practice when I was 30, and then I started going to the gym at 32, and I started playing tennis at 35, and uh, I started Fat Kid Dance Party at, I think it was like 38. So I'm just like slowly adding things. I feel like I'll be surfing by 60. <laughs> That's amazing. amazing. Um, I also love the like practicality of teaching people, okay, this is what's going to happen at a wedding. Here's how you can like joyfully and also skillfully move your body. So I so appreciate that. If you could give a few examples of how you've seen exercise being used in a harmful way, like how people who are just sort of opening their eyes to diet culture can start identifying like, okay, I just walked into this class. Here's a couple ways I can tell that like this is about to be some bullshit. Like what are some red flags? I know you mentioned a couple earlier, but what are some red flags that people can look out for so they can sort of avoid those harmful situations in exercise settings? First and foremost, all exercise should be voluntary. I definitely think that that's the first term and condition of the Fat Dance Party workout video is that it must be done voluntarily. I never want someone to be forced into one of my aerobics videos. It's exactly antithetical and it causes emotional harm to force people to move. And um, I think anybody who expects uh, the whole class to go at a specific pace and doesn't give variations for movement or permission to take things down a notch is uh, not doing a service and is certainly not body positive. Um, I like to use the term variations rather than modifications. So if anybody out there is a movement professional, I highly encourage that tweak in language because a variation makes everything valid. Modification makes it sound like there is one right way to do it. So like a bird doesn't crack a shell and then start flying. A bird cracks a shell, gets used to having wings, stretches them out a little bit, and then eventually is ready to hop out of the nest. But if an instructor is just shoving you right out of the nest, that's not an all levels class is not a class for you. Yeah, I went to what was supposed to be an all levels yoga class this last week and I just like <laughs> I could not follow at all. I kept having to look at the people around me and like copy them, which is fine. Like I'm now in a place that like that doesn't bother me so much. I can successfully be like I'm just going to go at my pace and like whatever. Mm-hmm. And the instructor je- definitely repeated like go at your own pace, but it was very I was like, "Wow, This is, (laughs) if I were in here like three years ago, I would have felt so bad about myself because like this instructor doesn't know how to be like, like, Hey, here's a modification. Here's like, if you know, do as many as you feel comfortable with, like that kind of thing, Mm -hmm. you know, having an instructor do that, I think is so rare that it's very special when you find it. Yeah. I really, I really love those ideas. Um, what are, I want to ask you like what some things are that you have heard as feedback after your, your parties or your classes? Like, what do you hear that people like say that they have learned or, or been able to like learn about themselves through trying movement in this way? What I love is that Facket Dance Party really meets people where they need to be healed. I have subbed a lot of classes for thin instructors and it's really interesting to see the looks on people's faces when they don't expect a fat instructor and then to see those same people beaming like literally smiling and having all this joy at the end of class just like all of my other students do so I've had clients who um, had never danced before in their entire lives come to my classes and tell me that within weeks they were dancing at a wedding and felt free to do that and I've had clients who um, have chronic pain and come to me and say that a lot of their chronic pain, like even people who have chronic pain who move a lot, 
come and say that the movements they do in my class help them feel freer in their body even after doing physical labor, um, which I love. I love hearing that, like, the stretching is working and um, and that. And I also hear from people, like, they feel validated in their bodies and that they see and feel the world around them differently because of participating in Vacuum Dance Party. So that's not even, like, a movement result. That's just a result of the environment and the and the messaging. Um, I hear people who like feel more confident expressing their gender because of being in my class, which is amazing. I really stress being yourself um, in my class and like the value of your authenticity and what you specifically you have to offer the world. And I just love hearing people's results, both physically, but also with their confidence and how they're able to express who they are in the world. Love that. Absolutely. Um, So you had mentioned earlier that you kind of grew up or had had experiences in the past with seeing exercise as punishment, which I personally have definitely experienced, like go for a run as like a threatening phrase. And a lot of our listeners have definitely experienced that too. Mm -hmm. So I'm wondering, what are your tips for people who are sort of coming from that experience of totally associating exercise with punishing yourself or trying to lose weight? And those are being the only reasons why they would ever take part in it. What are your tips for how they can slowly go from those experiences of being in totally unfriendly spaces to sort of dipping their toes in towards having more joyful movement experiences? I love what you said about slowly, because that's what I would definitely start with is go slow. You don't need to just dive into moving 24 seven. Although when I found body positivity and body liberation, I immediately started moving my body more because I just felt more free. So just going slow, you don't need to start a practice immediately. I would also say paying close attention to your language and continually refining your language. Like I say, I like to use movement rather than exercise because I feel less punishment for movement. I also think focusing on your joy is so powerful in every aspect of your life, especially with movement. Um, If dance brings you joy, take a dance class um, or take a dance class online if you don't know yet if there's an instructor near you that you can trust to be body positive. Uh, Find someone else who has a similar experience in a body as you and go to classes with them. I find like the buddy system makes it more fun. It makes it more like a self-care hangout. It keeps you more accountable to showing up. And also, like, it helps you kind of set a tone. I love being outside. I think nature is so healing. And I've recently been doing Fat Girls Hiking since we have an L.A. chapter now. And it is so amazing to be out in nature. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas, absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. 
and moving with people who are literally committed to going at the pace of the slowest person in the group. So it's not like you're holding anybody back because the leader is in the back of the pack and we just take as much time as we need. And it's so gentle and permission giving and nice to sweat outdoors with cool people and to have a space that's free from diet talk. And it's it's just liberating. I love it so much. That sounds actually amazing. Yeah. Finally, we would like to ask you if there's anything coming up pretty soon before the end of the year that you would like to plug and have us mention to our listeners. Well, my workout videos are out. So your podcast is basically the launch of the workout videos being available. So go get them. Cheer me on as I continue to develop this amazing brand. And also there's a a link on my tour page on my website. So if you are somewhere and you want uh, you you want to encourage me to come, or you're in a college and you can get someone to sponsor me to come. Like there's a form to fill out. Please do. Um, and also, uh, I'm doing retreats next year. So if people are interested in learning how to teach the class, or if they're interested in just coming and like healing for a weekend, apply for a retreat and let's party. Amazing. Thank you so much for being here with us, Bevan. We so appreciate it. Yay. I hope you all can make it out to a class sometime. All right. Okay. We're back. Wow. April, it's a you did a great job on that They're interview. They're so good. <laughs> oh my God. Past us. Good job. Future us. I'm watching you. Watching you. Watch yourself, McCoy. <laughs> we have a little clip from Amber Carnes. So she is the founder of Body Positive Yoga. You can find her at Body Positive Yoga. She's a yoga teacher, social justice advocate, and owns the business that is Body Positive Yoga. And she had some things to say about what we're talking about today. Hey there, my name is Amber Carnes. I'm the founder of Body Positive Yoga, and I work and practice and teach at the intersection of yoga and social justice. So um, I'm a body positivity, uh, body sovereignty advocate. I um, work with a lot of teachers to break down barriers to wellness for those of us who have marginalized identities and to be able to make the yoga practices accessible uh, to all people. And I also um, have an online community called the Body Positive Clubhouse where uh, a bunch of us who are working toward body peace and dishing diet culture come together to share resources and support one another and learn together about these topics. I ascribe to a health at every size paradigm of wellness. The first thing I like to say is that, you know, health is not an obligation. It's not really something that we owe to anyone, no matter the size of our body, And so I think sometimes in the body positivity movement, I've seen health being used as a weapon against folks just like body size is in the mainstream. And so if you want to pursue health and health is important to you, I think you should have the access and the resources to do that. And health at every size is a model that I've found um, helps me to make peace with my body and approach my body as an ally and as sort of a partner in crime and doing awesome things. Whereas in the past, you know, I have had a different relationship with exercise. In the past, when I was in diet culture and trying to lose weight, 
Exercise was really a punitive thing. It was something that I did to earn the food that I ate or to try to change the size or shape or weight of my body. You know, it was sort of seen as like a moral obligation. And exercise was something that always was extrinsically motivated. It was because someone was telling me I should do it or because I wanted to affect change on my body or something like that. Whereas health at every size, the way that I approach movement is really from a place of joy, a place of pleasure, a place of understanding that my body really does like to move and move doesn't always mean exercise and what we typically think that looks like. It doesn't mean I have to run on the treadmill or, you know, spend an hour on the elliptical. It means that I move my body in ways that I think are fun, that I think are enjoyable and that feel good to me. The first time that I really, as an adult, uh, practiced a form of movement that felt joyful was when I found yoga. And I found yoga through my gym. Um, At the time, in my early 20s, I was on this big weight loss project. I didn't know much about yoga except that I thought uh, fat people didn't do it. So I was like pretty nervous to go. I remember being the only bigger person there, but the thing that made an impression on me was getting in my car and heading back home and noticing about like 10 minutes into the ride that my Mean Girl soundtrack started back up. I don't know if you have one of these in your head or if you ever had. It's like this voice that's like, you're fat, you're ugly, everything you say is stupid, everyone's mad at you, why did you do that thing? (laughs) So the fact that it had started back up made me realize that it had stopped. And even if it was just for those few minutes after class, like that was a big deal. That hadn't happened since I I was a preteen. You know, I couldn't have really articulated it then, but what I know now is that that was the first time that I really had an embodied, integrated uh, form of movement since I was a little kid. And that body-mind connection and getting out of my head and really being present in the moment was what allowed my mind to get quieter. And so I recommend that if you want to move more, but you've had trouble with, um, you know, maybe fitness spaces feeling hostile to you or disordered thoughts around exercise, some baby steps towards integrating joyful movement is to get back to that feeling that you've had as a kid where movement is really about fun. Movement is about um, feeling good in your body and noticing those benefits of, you know, improved mental health or less pain or whatever it may be. And so I would say that, like, don't let the black and white thinking of exercise needs to, like, look this certain way. I need to sweat strenuously and vigorously exercise for an hour for it to count. Just move your body. Just find a way, um, and you might have to troubleshoot a little bit, to Move your body in a way that feels good to you. Maybe it's in a pool. Maybe it's hula hooping. Maybe it's, you know, dancing around your house while you clean. Maybe it's walking your dog or rolling around on the floor with your kids. Think about all the ways that you move your body and what's a way that you can move that's going to feel good to you, that's going to give you the benefits that you're looking for. And every little bit helps. You know, we don't have to exercise for an hour, you know, or two hours every day to see health benefits, you know, just 30 30 minutes a day, a couple of times a week has shown scientifically to really improve health and overall well-being. And you can split that up too. If it's 10 minutes in the morning and 10 minutes in the afternoon and 10 minutes at night, it's still going to make a big difference. So don't let that black and white thinking defeat you um, and really find a way to move your body that feels joyful and that feels exciting and that feels good. And if you need support on that, that's what the Buddy Positive Clubhouse is all about. We're here for you. We are are all integrating health at every size into our lives in different ways, and we'd love to support you. We also have 
a lot of voice memos. Y'all yes. had a lot to say about this. A lot to say. I, we touched on in the Bevan interview a little bit, but someone was asking if we have workout regimes or templates or something that can provide structure but aren't structured around negative feelings or losing weight. I think um, Bevan suggested some resources for that. Body Positive Yoga is a great resource for that. There's also like other, if you Google just like body positive exercise subscription or something like that, there's mm-hmm. like a lot of people who are actually doing videos like this online um, and they're very helpful, but you do have to be specific about putting in body positive. But also yes. two other resources is the fat girls hiking or like fat hiking clubs that Bevan mentioned are like in a lot of places that they have a, an Instagram will link in the show notes. And also um, there's a Facebook group called fit fatties where people post routines and ideas and stuff like that. Oh my um, goodness. I also have a yoga. I also suggest finding like short, easy yoga videos. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a couple, like there's a couple people that we have on our resources page on our site, like Justin Stanley and, and what's the other one's name? Okay. Her name is Nola trees on Instagram. Yeah. What's her real name? The two of them. Dana Falsetti. Da- yeah. They have like body positive slash like fat helpful yoga videos online everywhere. And I do those in my room in the morning sometimes. So there's some more suggestions for those routines, but to tell us more about their own routines, here are a bunch of voice memos um, and thoughts on exercise from the fat Hey friends, this is Hannah. I just wanted to tell you some of the things I do to incorporate joyful movement into my life. First, I joined a co-ed rec softball team. In rec softball, they never have enough women and they're just happy to have me there, even if my skill level isn't great. And honestly, it feels awesome to be able to smack some softballs around and get my aggression out. The second thing I've started doing is volunteering at a local golf course. Now, I know this sounds very bougie, but it's actually a community golf course that's run mostly by volunteers. So I go out and pick up balls off the range once or twice a week. And in exchange, I get to meet some cool people and also get to hit as many range balls as I want and play some free rounds. So then I get bonus movement and can take my friends out golfing with me for free. Hello, this is Hannah, and I was very excited to hear about this exercise episode. I'm an anti-diet, weight-neutral personal trainer, and I have a lot of feelings about this topic because I used to struggle with compulsive exercise. Um, But for me, what helped was really identifying the function of why I was exercising, and I found that I was miserable and pissed when I was exercising to obtain a smaller body or to avoid, um, you know, being anxious in my body because that's not fulfilling. So when I started to really ask myself what movement I enjoyed and what brought me happiness, I stopped um, going to the gym. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but I started going rollerblading or taking walks on the beach, things that really fed my soul and served to decrease stress rather than add to it. So I think just asking yourself what movement you really enjoy, and rather than using movement as punishment, using it as kind of like an outlet or an energy booster is really, really helpful. Thank you for all you do. Hi, April and Sophie. This is Hannah. I wanted to talk a bit about roller skating and how joyous it can be. I'm someone that has struggled to find meaningful, positive ways to exercise. And roller skating has really been the number one thing for me that's really helped me not only improve my relationship with my body, but also have a lot of fun in my body. 
roller skating is so dynamic and it feels like you're flying. And I really recommend it to people that want to try something new and want to kind of reinterpret the way they see exercise. I know it can be scary. I fell like 20 times my first time, but I really have found it to be helpful for me and my journey within my own body. Thanks so much. I love both of you and this show. Hey, Sophie and April. Um, This is Hannah from Australia. So today I went hiking in New Zealand's Volcanic Valley. It was a very beautiful place. I enjoyed it very much, but I struggled with some of it. I had difficulty keeping up with the group that I had gone with. My lungs were hurting. A lot of it was uphill. And I felt bad at first, but I realized it's important that I listen to my body when it tells me that it needs time to recover. I can't compare myself to others because I can only ever be myself and I will only ever have my body. I can't force myself to do something that I'm not ready for. And my partner, you know, gave me the option of turning back, which, you know, I appreciated, but ultimately I continued and I completed it and I went at my own pace and I shouldn't be expected or expect myself to be able to do everything in the exact same way and at the same pace as others. And ultimately, I had a great time, you know, Uh, because I gave myself the time and the pacing to understand what my body could handle and what my body saw as joyful movement instead of punishing movement. I hope you can learn a little bit from that story. And I love the show. Thanks. Thank y'all so much for those voices. I asked nicely and I received. We got so many. We got a lot. That's been a really exciting part about the season, by the way, is having all of your voices being included in the show, as many as we can fit. And even if they don't make the episode, um, our producer listens to all of them and I listen to all of them. And I so appreciate how excited you are to share your resources with our other listeners. Y'all are the best. Y'all are the best. I think a lot of people feel very passionately about this topic in particular because so many of us have been so like excluded and and divorced from like positive feelings towards exercise or movement Mm -hmm. that if you find your way back to it you're like I want to try to help other people have this yes exactly like I was so hurt by this in the past and I really want to help other people Mm -hmm. get through it what is something you wish our thin ally listeners would know about exercising while fat Okay, I know we said this in our last episode, but I just don't want anyone to give me praise just for being a fat person oh, exercising. I know God. we said this before. But, like, please. And I know, then the thing is, they're so well-meaning. They're it's like, so you go, girl. Yeah. I don't, don't I don't want that. I don't want that. I don't want that. I don't want that. Like, the best thing about this yoga class I took the other day that was too hard for me is that no one fucking looked at me. That's all I want. Trying to be overly accepting of me being not as good as you at something or not as fast or like needing alterations, like makes me feel um, condescended too. Absolutely. And now when people do that or when they give you like a little nod or something, I want to be like, what? (laughs) 
they're like you're you're serving your time here in the yeah, gym and you should exactly. be like, like you're don't doing do that. your time um, but also i just wish thin people would invite their you know chubbier fat friends to exercise in the same way that we have encouraged thin friends to ask their chubbier fat friends to go shopping in a way that makes it clear you'll go at their pace you're happy to let them tell you what makes them comfortable what spaces they're comfortable in what kind of like equipment or help they might need without being patronizing you know you could just be like hey I like doing this class like this is how hard it is this is the level of it would you want to do that if not is there another thing you would like to do I'd like to like I enjoy doing this and I'd love to do it with you if you want to and just make sure that you're like inviting them in the same way you would invite a thin friend and there's no tinge of like because you got to get off your ass fatty yeah Yeah. what about you I think for me Something that Bevan touched on, which I think is so important, is thin allies have got to take an extra step to sort of evaluating their environments. So let's say you go to an exercise class and the instructor is like, you need to do this and you need to like get your beach body or whatever. If you go to a class with an instructor who seems like they're actually open to suggestions, like there's no reason why you can't just be like, hey, you know, those phrases might be like a little bit alienating to the people in the class and maybe it could be reframed. Because honestly, like as a fat person in a class like that, I never want to go up to somebody and be like, can you not scream at me that I need to lose weight, please? Yeah. But it's it's wild to me how if you suggest that to some people, a lot of people, it would never occur to them to not speak like that and they might actually change it and be more welcoming to fat people. Because again, losing weight and being not fat is not a moral good and nobody owes you losing weight but or nobody owes you exercising but some fat people do enjoy working out and they should be able to do that without being like screamed at you know the same way that like it's really hard to think about how to eat food in a good way that feels good for you Mm -hmm. um it's really hard to do exercise in that way but it's only because of what society has like put on it because just like you know, we all need to eat food and like most people like slash need to move in some way, Mm -hmm. you know, there's different ways people like maybe disabled people or people who like have different, um, like movement restrictions need to like put different qualifications or like different points of access to it. I just hate that it's only always talked about in terms of fitness or losing weight when it's like, can't we just talk about it in this totally other framework? Like, why does it have to be a part of this? I think that that, even though that seems obvious to us, that really is a radical idea to most people that we need to recategorize exercise completely from like the, what we associate it with and what goals it should align with or whatever. I think you can have no goal other than I feel like I want to move a little bit today. Yeah. And that's it. The same way that like I no longer have any goal with what I'm eating. Yeah. I'm not trying to get to a certain goal with what I'm eating. I'm also not trying to get to a certain way by exercising is just part of my routine now. You know, same way like meditating or whatever it is. It feels good. Period. I also feel very passionate about like everyone's right to not exercise if they don't want to. A lot of people need space from exercise. So don't ask them about it in a way that's judgmental. Just offer it up the same way you'd offer having a meal with someone if you want to. If you want to. Yeah. Period. That's the meat of it for this week. We have done our follow-up on exercise part two. That's all we have to say on exercise for now. (laughs) (laughs) You're welcome. welcome. Now it's time to ask a fatty. 
If you want advice, you can send a voice memo of yourself asking a question to fyi at she'sallfatpod.com. You can record it on your computer or the voice memo app on your iPhone. Just keep it short, about one minute max. Or if you're shy, you can send us a plain old email at fyi at she'sallfatpod.com, and we might answer your question right here on the show. This week on Ask a Fatty, we have a very special letter from Hannah. Who would have thought? It's Hannah. It's Hannah again. Again. (laughs) So funny. Hi, April and Sophie. I loved your episode about self-care, and it got me thinking about my own self-care routine and things that cause me stress. And one of the things that really can stress me out is the fact that my family all lives in different states from where I live. Uh, In particular, my parents live in Hawaii, and I live on the mainland, so I don't get to see them very often. I think you guys have both mentioned you have family in uh, different places than where you currently live, and I was wondering how you guys cope with that and how you have and maintain relationships with those people that are so important to you, um, but you can't just meet up with for lunch. Sometimes the time zone is so different, it's hard to even get a phone call in. Um, so yeah, that's my question. Thank you guys so much. Bye. Thank you so much for this question, Thanks, Hannah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think we can both relate. Yeah. So for our new listeners, um, I'll start. I'm from minnesota and my parents are from liberia and my mom lives in minnesota now my dad lives in philly my sister lived in minnesota for many years until she moved out here with me this year which was iconic um but before that we sat my mom down and explained the concept of a group chat which was important we're like we're entering a group chat send us every update of your day from like dawn till dusk (laughs) i need to know everything i need photos i need audio clips so now she's like taking like pictures all day long and sending us updates and stuff um but yeah i mean it's hard sophie has an impression of me on the phone with my mom which is just okay mama i love you mama which is rude (laughs) your voice gets like two octave higher i just love her so much Like, that's the one that really bothers me is having her not here. Like, honestly, I just really love my mommy. <laughs> like, it's the mommy's girl. So, um, yeah, this is really hard. I, I talk to her, like, several times a day. We FaceTime at least twice a week. We text all day long. But that's still not the same as having that person here. Mm-hmm. So I so relate to you. But technology has helped a lot. As far as um, family members who are farther away, like my family in Liberia, unfortunately, Mark Zuckerberg is, like, keeping the family together because (laughs) I FaceTime message with my cousins all day long. We, like, FaceTime video chat whenever they have, like, strong enough um, internet connection. And that is what helps me feel connected to them because we're, I mean, I don't even know how many miles away Liberia is, like, thousands and thousands and thousands. And those things help me, but it's not, it's not the same. Yeah. But I do feel, I think especially with FaceTime, I feel the closest to my mom like last night was halloween and we had a bunch of trick-or-treaters and she doesn't get any at her house she lives in this like weird neighborhood where there aren't any kids so my sister like facetimed her in so she could see me like giving the children candy (laughs) very sweet she's like is that black panther i'm like yeah so that was really fun that made it feel like she was almost here Mm -hmm. um so yeah that's kind of what i do what about you yeah similarly like my family is all in different places right now um I we ha- we also have a family group chat of the kids and our significant others and then our best friends um, are in this group chat 
And, um, that is a nice thing to do. Honestly, wish my mom would text our girl, three girls group chat more. Um, and then also, okay. Number one is that my like group of close girlfriends from college is all now in different places across the country. And every year we get together for one weekend kind of in the spring or, or like late winter that we call like funny ladies weekend. Cause we all met being in um, our improv group in college or like adjacent to it. And, um, that weekend is really fun and nice, but when we're not doing that, we use this app that actually Lindsay, hashtag sorry Lindsay, um, introduced us to called Marco Polo. Yes. And Marco Polo is very useful, especially for older family members who like don't totally get the concept of how you could just send a little video in a group chat or something. Mm-hmm. Marco Polo is just like you re- you open it, there's a group chat there that's just for videos. You record the video and then the next time you open it, like all the videos that have been sent into this group like autoplay, even though it's at different times, it doesn't feel as like lagged. Yeah, you know I mean? it's like it's like more personal than yeah. texting, slightly less than FaceTiming directly. I totally hear you on missing your family and friends. It's hard, especially if you're in your twenties. Um, yeah. I think a lot of times your close friends and family are kind of spread out, and that can feel very lonely. Um, but the internet is like truly so 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 helpful. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and so is like just finding the thing that fits into your life in the right way. If you're in different time zones, it sounds like Marco Polo or letters or like a regular weekly email that you commit to might yes. be a great way to feel like you're consistently involved in each other's life. Um, I know a lot of people are against having the Amazon devices in their homes. I, I unfortunately will not be watched by the government. Right. Um, <laughs> I'm too paranoid for that shit. You know, okay. we, we have both have iPhones and Apple computers. No, so very it's true. Over for us, honey. But, um, <laughs> you know, I kind of feel like I'm a lost cause at this point. But I did find out that, like, you can use them as walkie talkies to, like, send. That's cool. Yeah. So that is cool. that's another cool thing. If you have those, you can do that. All right. All right. Good keep luck. Posted. Good luck. I hope you find the right medium to keep in touch with your family members. Keep us posted. Thank you, Hannah. Thank you. Now let's move on to It's Okay, You Can Ask, a segment where I get to explain to April why all of her white friends get drastic haircuts after breakups. We'll find out the answers to our burning questions like, why didn't Lana Del Rey's Trump hex work? Or why did black women love Kelly Clarkson so much? Do you? Did, did you know that? No. We stand. Really? <laughs> And I don't want to speak of us as a monolith, but all black women love Kelly Clarkson. Really? <laughs> I don't know what it is. Okay, so my question. If you are from Team I Love Bread and above, then you would have heard the blast from the past this week that is related to this question. Okay. If not, then loser, loser, chicken, loser. I didn't think about it when uh-huh. I started talking. Uh-huh. Okay, so my question. I just have a couple questions about growing up because basically I'm interested in learning the differences in our upbringing because like the more that I progress into my adulthood the more I have that moment of like oh I thought everybody grew up like this or everybody had this rule but Mm -hmm. no it's just like my specific African household and my specific like African mom who's not here for it so I have a couple questions about how you grew up okay so number one did you have to do chores and what were the nature of your chores Yes. Okay. Um, but my mom was not like, like I've seen a lot of memes on Twitter, especially from Latinx people. Okay. About like getting hit by sandals if they didn't oh, get like up a to do chores. Oh, like a Oh, yeah. 
That was never. My mom used to pour water on me. Oh my god! (laughs) She'd make it like warm, but she'd pour like a tablespoon of water on me and be like, "Get your black ass up." My mom never like ever did any kind of corporal punishment. That was Mm -hmm. not a thing for us. The closest thing (laughs) is like, what's their name? My like favorite comedian, Chris. Chris Fleming. Chris Fleming doing, <laughs> trying to, they're doing their oh, mom Gail. character, Gail, okay. getting ready for dinner. Gotta clean the house now, 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 people. I want this place looking like Disney on ice in one minute. Harry, if you haven't made your bed, throw it away. It's too late to make it now. Company is coming. Get rid of the couches. We can't let people know we sat the chairs. That's like what my mom was like in a frenzy before people yes. coming over. Um, For chores, I always had like, I, I always had pet-related chores. Okay. Um, I always had to, like, either clean the cat box or, like, walk the dog or something like that. And then I was supposed to keep my room clean, but I did not, and we had fights about that. Okay. Which was not, like, me being disrespectful now in retrospect as much as it was having ADD. ADD. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> there was never, like, a big thing. I think if my mom had had more time, she made it. maybe would have made a deal about the bed being made, but... She just simply didn't have the time mm-hmm. or energy. I, I always did my own laundry. I was okay. very shocked when I got to college and people didn't know how to use the laundry machines. Same. Because it's different to say I just started doing my laundry than I've never done my own laundry and I was just dropped off at college. Yeah, that was like wild. How? I do not know how. I don't get it. We, I mean, my mom did it for me for like a while. Mm. <laughs> but then like in high school, I did my own laundry, I think. Like, I knew how, and I did it. I took care of it myself. <laughs> don't understand that. And then like, you know, I'd be responsible for general upkeep but then like it depended what house we lived in which like because we moved a lot Mm -hmm. how big it was how much help my mom needed with keeping it clean mostly because my mom like my sister and i would never do the cleaning up to my mom's like specifications because we were like you know teens and i'd be like is this good and she'd be like no (laughs) (laughs) and so i'd either have to do it again because i didn't want to like get in trouble a lot of times i had to like wipe the spray that spray off the patio or that kind of thing those were kind of the chores that I had. And then at different times I had more regular things like go to the corner and get the mail from the like mailbox or like, but never really big ones. Like I never had like cooking chores. Okay. Did you have an allowance? No, not until I went to college and my dad like helped starting support things. I see. Okay. Um, no, I'm, I babysat to make money. And then I think when I was younger, maybe I hadn't allowed, like before I was able to work. Okay. I remember having some money, but I don't think I had like a, like, I think I just would ask for stuff. Mm -hmm. I actually, honestly, that was probably the time I had the like (laughs) healthiest relationship with money Yeah, was when I was like, great, I want to like make money to buy this thing that I want for myself. Mm -hmm. And so I'm going to like babysit for a bunch of hours. And then I had money and I was like, I earned this. And it felt like so good. For sure. Exactly. Yeah. I was, I was definitely like that. My mom always like made us. Yeah, I think I babysat maybe from ages, like, 11 until I was 16. And then as soon as I could legally work, I, like, got a job at a bakery. And then I worked at Victoria's Secret. And so my mom would always be like, oh, really? You're getting that? And I'm like, hell yeah, I am. I earned this. <laughs> it feels really good. tell me nothing. When you don't have to take care of the other stuff, it feels yes. good because it's just gravy just money. money, yeah. I don't have to pay any bills at the time. That mm-hmm. was great. Um, okay, so another upbringing question. What words were you not allowed to say in the house? Because I think we've talked about before. Mm. I was not allowed to accuse my mom of lying, even if she... Oh, 
was no, lying. Never, never. I had to say that she was telling stories, which is insane. <laughs> if I ever said she was lying, I would get literally two chops to the throat. Two chops to the damn throat. I don't really remember ever wanting to accuse my mom of lying. Maybe, maybe your mother just didn't lie to you. My mom <laughs> would pull shit all the time. <laughs> she thought I was an idiot. I wasn't really allowed to say, like, that's not what happened. Mm. Or, like, nah you know? Like, question. Because I keep seeing things on Twitter these days where it's like, parents, don't be afraid to apologize to your children. Don't be afraid to, like, tell them that you did something wrong. I was like, what? <laughs> I can't imagine that. that. My, My mother would, would never. That. But it was never if, like, I thought something was unfair or or I was like, mom, that's not cool. Like, blah, blah, blah. That yeah. would just lead to a fight. Yeah. It would be like if my mom later was like, hey, I realized, blah, like, yeah. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, it's fine, whatever. But never, if I was like, if I was ever to get mad back, it would be like, that's disrespectful. Yeah, totally. I never was allowed to swear at my mom, but I never would have tried. Done it either way. Yeah, no. no. I wasn't even allowed to like, she couldn't overhear me swearing on the phone. Really? That could be a shoe to the head. (laughs) No swear words in the house at all. Yeah, no, like accusing her of lying or accusing her of doing anything wrong ever until I was like a teenager. And then I was like, come on, lady. And she's like, all right, I'm fallible. (laughs) All right. Um cultural things like if she had a friend over who was like an adult i had to call them uncle or auntie even if they weren't my uncle That's or auntie not a thing, for sure. i couldn't call an adult thing. like yeah they're full i couldn't call them their first name like just their first name and we wouldn't do like miss williams it would be like auntie jackie or oh, something really? yeah and if i ever didn't do that she's like oh so you think you're equals she would say that sentence to me a lot oh my god <laughs> I was like oh my god i think a lot of immigrants have a similar experience where their parents are just like obsessed with respect mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like it's a lot okay so my final question you alluded to this earlier by saying you never got grounded if you did get grounded growing up what would that entail what would it look like to get grounded i mean i think it was more like if i did something wrong then sometimes it would be like you're not allowed to go to this party next weekend but it wasn't called grounded because i could do other stuff or whatever Mm -hmm. um it would just be like my privilege to go to this specific thing she knew i wanted to go to Mm -hmm. would be taken away but, like, that would be it. Like, sometimes you hear about people being like, yeah, like, you have to go right to school and then come right home and not allowed to leave the house. Like, yeah. that never really happened to me. Mm-hmm. If I, I'm really trying to remember. If I got punished for stuff, it was, like, I had to go to my room. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah, it was mostly, like, yeah, I, I wouldn't be allowed to go to a specific thing I as see. a punishment that I, that I like, had wanted to go to. I see. I remember, like, watching Full House growing up and Danny Tanner would be like, go to your room. And I'd always be like, I would love to go to my room. <laughs> like, if I'm in trouble, I'm not allowed to go to my room where all my stuff is. Okay, but the trick <laughs> is, I was supposed to go to my room and then I wasn't supposed to stay there until I was allowed to come out. I was supposed to stay there until I could go and apologize nicely. Mm, okay. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. That's <laughs> and then fair. if I didn't apologize nicely enough, I had to go back and wait until I could. Wow. Oh my God. A lot of the things I got in trouble for are ADD things looking back. Mm. I was always late to things. I was always Mm. like making us late to go places. My mom would be pissed about that. Yeah. Also some respect things where it was like, if I didn't, if I spoke with a tone that she thought was disrespectful, yeah. that was a big issue. And then I would get annoyed and then it was even harder to yes, talk in a nice exactly. Oh my God, I always got in trouble for that. Um, but like, I don't know. I mean, I think my sister's experience was different from mine with punishments, but like I got along really well with my mom. Mm-hmm. And so mostly I didn't really get punished for anything. 
And my mom was also not that strict because I also was like such a goody two shoes. I didn't yes. really like <laughs> go for anything. You You're know? like, sounds good. I will study. Thank right. you. Exactly. Oh <laughs> like she had, to, she was the one who had to come in and be like, why don't you go to bed now instead of studying more? Yes. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But also she was like, as a single mom, she was like really busy all yeah, the time. My mom too. Yeah. It would be like, she, she had two jobs a lot of the time when I was growing up. So she would come in at like. 10 p.m. and be like did you do your homework what did you do okay bye yeah <laughs> not a lot but so she had to like get the good parenting and then yeah i think it's funny when you were talking about like what grounding would look like it just reminded me there's like one time when my mom attempted to ground me for something but it was clear that she wasn't even clear what grounding was <laughs> like she was kind of just going off of what she had seen on tv so she's like you're grounded and grounding means you can't leave <laughs> <laughs> like didn't really know because i think i mean i've talked about before her great fear is that she would raise me in america and i would become american so she's like how can i raise a kid to like have the same values as me but in a different country so it just came out as being like pretty strict and just trying to make me be like as respectful and thoughtful as possible but i think what our moms both have in common is like she definitely has the cleaning thing like wanting to yeah. be like presentable and also just wanting to make sure that we were like respectful people in the world yeah, yeah. Like, she was like i she my mom would always tell me a story about like i met somebody rude to work at work today and i don't want you to be rude rude people are the worst <laughs> it's like okay um thank you for telling me about your upbringing yeah this i feel great. like mine was very waspy and boring i mean how would i know it's it's also unfamiliar to me mm-hmm. <laughs> so not boring to me good <laughs> I'm glad. All right. And that's our show. Be sure to check out the show notes for links to the stuff we mentioned today. And don't forget to send us your questions via email or voice recording to FYI at she's all fat Please make sure to leave us a review on Apple podcasts. It's super important in making sure people find the show. If you leave us a review on Apple podcasts, we'll give you a shout out on the pod next week. She's All Fat is created, produced, and hosted by us, Sophie Carter-Khan and April K. Quio. We are an independent production. If you'd like to support the work we do, you can join our Patreon by visiting patreon.com slash she's all fat pod. When you pledge to be a supporter, you'll get all sorts of goodies and extra content. Our music was composed and produced by Carolyn Pennypacker Riggs. Our website was designed by Jesse Fish, and our logo is by Britt Scott. This episode was mixed and edited by Maria Wortel. Special thanks to our fairy intern mother, Lynn Barbara, and our brand new intern, Kirsten Berg. Our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter handles are at She's All Fat Pod. You can find the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, and wherever else you get your podcasts. Bye! Bye. Right. What's your Christmas transition sound? Oh my god, I need one. Okay. Oh, okay. Here it is. Ah, okay, <laughs> just that. Just the first note of the song. Oh my god. So go ahead and put up. Just got it, Maria. Because I know you'll need it. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.